Hey, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, uh, becoming the, becoming the boss is Dallas, the the voice of this podcast. Um, if you have a lot of stuff in the background, I'm at work right now, but I had to record this podcast anyway because you know I've decided just recently in my life, touching the people that are you know part of the movement that I want to build and part of the world that I want to build is probably the most important thing to me. And to do that consistently, to be be on top of that and do that every day. You know, that's something in my life that'll pay the most dividends and be the most uh, impactful choice that I can make. And so here I am doing it, regardless of anything, figuring out a way to get it done. Um, you know, because I, I do have an extreme lack of time, and I might be interrupted at any second now, I did want to just talk about one one topic. And that one topic is, you know, the symptoms of being a boss, the symptoms of knowing that you're a boss, and that that's something that's probably in your DNA. Um, a few weeks ago, I had done an an interview with an entrepreneur, um, an entrepreneur named James Wetmore, and I remember talking to him about what he calls the dark night of the soul, where a lot of people listening to this podcast might be at, you know, the dark valley that he was at in his life and how that felt and what that experience was. And for him, you know, it had began, you know, as... You know, just naturally, he was somebody that was, you know, uh, had had great inventfulness, boundless inventfulness, and he wanted to create and build things um, like the people listening to his podcast. But, you know, like all things, life had kind of come down on him and crushed him into a space where he was, you know, not really being his actual self and kind of out of, out of his element. You know, he said when he was younger, you know, him and his friend used to do all sorts of entrepreneurial endeavors. You know, they used to build lemonade stands and they used to, you know, go to the golf course and go into ponds and clean out the golf balls and sell them back to the golfers. And, you know, in his earlier life, you know, he had a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors that were successful and that made a little bit of money that, you know, for a kid, you know, go buy candy and go out and things like that. And things that he actually enjoyed, he felt like a light to his life and his fire to his life. And one time, and so after that, he went to college, he went to film school. And, you know, he had a friend in film school that he used to just, he knew him loosely. He would go out and party and drink. And, and, you know, they just kind of were acquainted with each other that way. And it was one day, you know, his friend, you know, his friend was a catalyst for a change in his life. Because one day his friend came to him and was like, you know, why don't you just stop doing all that stupid entrepreneurial stuff and, you know, go get a real job like a regular person. Um, and, you know, James was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, I'll just go get a regular job. You know, I'll just, I'll just go and you know, live a normal life. It made complete sense to him. It was something that really had hurt his feelings and, and kind of shocked him out of his natural state of inventiveness, his natural state of being. And so he went on and did that. He fast forward, you know, a year later, you know, he said it was probably one of the most miserable experiences of his life. You know, he was working at a place called On the Grill, you know, as a bartender and he was just he was he was he was he was he was, he was I don't know, he was just in a dark funk, in a dark place where he like you know, he called it the dark night of the soul. If you don't know the dark night of the soul, the symptoms of a dark night of the soul is like you feel completely lost, hopeless, and powerless, you know, against the current of life that's working against you. And so that's how he felt. You know, he was addicted to Adderall. Um, and he just was literally just working his job that kind of had the soul sucked, you know, that, that, that was sucking the soul out of him. And I, 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 I uh, harp on that point because I think a lot of people might feel that way. A lot of people be like, like I'm, I'm boxing a corner and I'm doing something that's not 
you know, innately joyful to me and it's not something that I ne necessarily want to do. You know, it's actually a life that's sucking this well. I mean, life that I hate and life that's burning me, you know, down to my core. Um, you know, fast forward a year later, however, you know, after a, you know, a weird series of events, you know, I have the interview actually on this podcast, just type in James Wedmore or something like that. After a series of events, uh, just out of that, you know, situation where he was bartending, and by the way, he, you know, he had graduated at point, had a bachelor's degree in film that his parents had paid for. And as he described, he was wasting his parents' money, thinking about all the places that he could go and where all the things that he should have done at that current age. So obviously he was like 22, 23, 24, 25 within that age bracket. I fast forward a few years later, just from what he was learning as a bartender at the bar, um, he had one of the biggest bar catering, um, you know, services like on the West Coast or within California. You know, he had, you know, I don't remember, but he had a huge staff and, you know, he was supplying wine and, you know, uh, staff and bartenders to bars throughout all of California. He was like the number one ranked um, business on Google for what it is that he was doing. Um, and so, you know, even if he was in his dark place in his life, even if he didn't know where to go, even if he felt hopeless and powerless, you know, one of the defining traits of him was his boundless inventiveness. He was inventive. So he just always wanted, and was like his brain was overthinking. It always just wanted to do something, no matter what it was. It just always wanted to do something, like anything. You know, it was just always thinking of these unique, crazy, genius ideas to try to figure out a new way out of life, you know. Like his brain was, was, was working, it was active at all hours, and, and always just thinking of the next big thing. Um, and so you fast forward even a, year, a few years later after that, he turns that bar business around when he builds a course on the internet about uh, being a bartender. And that was some first digital sales he got, which eventually, you know, I think the last launch he did, did six million in a single launch. He makes over 10 million in revenue per year, has over 100,000 followers, well, a million followers across all platforms, um, and is a huge success, obviously. You know, the full interview, like I said, is on his podcast. Um, but the point that I'm making with this is I think one of the defining traits and one of the defining qualities of somebody who is genetically a boss is just, you know, you have boundless inventiveness. Your mind is always thinking of what else? What is there beyond this moment? What is there beyond this experience? What is there beyond this life that I'm living? How could I be? How could I do more, 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 more? It's just an overactive mind. You know, Arthur Brunson says that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, are always focus on the next thing, the next carrot, the next shiny object, and they have like an entrepreneurial ADHD is what they call it. Because they're always like uh, looking for the next thing, always looking for more, always looking for better, you know, always looking for improvement. And um, so much so to the point where, you know, you'll be thinking and inventive and you don't have a way to express that creativity. If you don't have a means to do it, you know, it'll burn you to your core. So you might be in a job that doesn't allow you to explore the world. It doesn't have, a, you know, in a job that doesn't allow you to build the business and make the income and meet the people that you like. And because of it, it burns you to your core. Like it, it kills your soul. It kills everything inside you because that boundless inventiveness doesn't have an avenue. It doesn't have an outlet to actually expand and to reach the world. And that's one of the primary symptoms of you know being a you know a boss and it's like you know if if you don't know that you're probably killing yourself right now trying to be somebody that you're not trying to be something that you're not trying to be oh i'm a good nine to five worker i do but you're not and you're just ignoring you know the dna that makes you special that makes you unique that makes you different um you know um i think a greater point of this podcast was that you know regardless of whatever situation you might be in regardless of what are the what are the what are the odds that are stacked against you? You could be in the dark night of soul like like James Whitmore was, but at the end of the day, even though he had nothing, even though he was addicted to Adderall, even though he didn't have money, you know, he described many times where he had to call up the bank to get his bank account out of the red. The boundless inventiveness will make it sure that 
even though you have a lack of resources, you are resourceful. And if you can figure out anything that's in your path, and like you are primed, you are equipped to flourish in this system, to flourish in this society and make something out of yourself. And that is who you are. You are different and to accept that and to lean into that, I think will you know pay great dividends for many people. Um, but that's all I really have to say in this episode. Um, if you want to listen to James Wedmore and entrepreneurs like James Wedmore <laughs> tell you how they went from where they were to, 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 to where they are now, because it is all about people and, and inspiring people, first brain hacking yourself, then hacking, you know, using the psychological hacks to align people around your purpose. How it is that you become a boss and inspire people to, you know, move towards those same goals that you feel in your heart? Um, this is what, all, what it's all about from, you know, step one to step, from step A to step Z. Um, and so James Wedmore, he has an interview on the summit, the Becoming a Character Summit. And so you can go to becomingacharacter.com and, uh, you know, register for the summit for absolutely free. Um, it took me a long time to actually get his interview, but you can register for the summit for free. And he tells you, like, how he aligned people towards his goal and made it happen from the bartender business to the being, a, you know, selling the course to bartenders to being to his now business by design that makes 10 million yearly. Um, so you can hear it all, every part of the journey. Um, and it's something that's amazing. I think it'll help a lot of people and truly blow your mind. So go to becomingthecharacter.com. You can register for free. Um, it probably won't be free forever, but, um, you know, I'm not even launching this yet. It's probably, it's pretty early. And so I want you to give you an early bird discount just to kind of test and see what people think about it. So becomingthecharacter.com. And, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say in this episode. It's Dallas. I appreciate you. And I'm going back to work pretty soon. Peace out.